service. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey guys, welcome to Disgraceland, which is brought to you by Double Elvis. This week, we have our Anthony Bourdain story that's in the Disgraceland feed. This is part of our Icon series. You're going to be getting these episodes uh, sprinkled in with the normal episodes on musicians. You're going to be getting these other episodes on artists from other walks of life, the art world, writing, Hollywood, sports, etc. We kick this off, like I said, with the Anthony Bourdain story, which I'm pretty stoked on. I think you guys are going to be into it. Check it out if you haven't heard it, and uh, we're going to be talking about it more in this bonus episode. Also, real quick for the parents out there, as has been the case for the last few weeks, we have a brand new episode of Music Land Stories called Opening Night Jitters. That's our fiction show for kids and families, and that is available for you now as well. All right, let's get into this. Hey, discos. Need a little more disgrace land in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about our new Anthony Bourdain episode of Disgraceland that is in your feeds right now, just ahead of this bonus episode. We are also talking about the sources that went into the creation of our Bourdain episode, giving you guys a quick update on the upcoming subjects in Disgraceland, how we're going to be choosing them together and of course your voicemails texts dms and more and as always a whole lot of rosy all right discos let's get into it all right anthony bourdain on the brain this week understandably thinking a lot about him thinking a lot about the episode thinking a lot about 
the themes in this episode, thinking about that when someone dies, the sense of loss that we have, it's subjective, obviously, to the relationship that we have or had with that person. And in the case of Anthony Bourdain, most of us had some sort of distant, you know, creator slash fan type of relationship with the guy. Most of us didn't know him. I know some of you did. I did not know him. I have a couple friends who met him a few times, uh, one who knew him a little better than others, but I didn't know the guy at all. But we felt like we knew him. Okay, that's clear. Obviously, he gave so much of himself to his art, to his writing, to the television that he made. So in writing and researching this episode, you know, I'm thinking about, obviously, at the beginning of this process, uh, how we lost Anthony Bourdain. But by the end, I was thinking about a different kind of loss. I was thinking about what happens when you lose yourself. Okay, that's the piece of the Anthony Bourdain episode that most struck me by the time I got done researching it and by the time, obviously, I got done writing it. You can hear it in the episode, but here's this guy who built this tremendous identity, for lack of a better word. Uh, identity is something we all talk about a lot these days. It's, it's, it permeates our culture, this, this idea of who we are, what we represent, who we align ourselves with, uh, how we present ourselves, especially in this this postmodern era of social media. And identity is just so part of everything in our culture right now. And Anthony Bourdain created this tremendous identity. Uh, and then he lost it suddenly, or he subverted it, I guess is the better way to put it, almost entirely. And then he lost his life in the process. Life, as we know, is fragile, okay? Most of us are old enough and experienced enough unfortunately, to understand this. But this loss that Anthony Bourdain underwent, it got me thinking about other artists and what it must be like to be under, under this intense spotlight. When you're a name, when you have a name, excuse me, and you have this personality that is recognized all over the world, uh, you know, it's an identity that is forged and that you, you forge yourself and that you solidify and then it's ripped away. And we've seen this before in pop stardom. And we're going to see it again, frankly. It's just, it's just part of the game. You know, at the moment at Double Elvis, we're working on a Bob Dylan episode for you guys. And uh, it gets into this subject, coincidentally. It wasn't planned. You know, we weren't trying to, like, team this Dylan episode with the Bourdain episode. Uh, but this this concept of identity, this theme of identity is, is very much part of the Bob Dylan story. You know, Dylan, as most of us know, became larger than life, this huge personality in the 1960s. He was literally thought of as a god to some of his fans, which is fucking nuts. I mean, can you imagine that? You know, I think the closest thing we have to that now is Taylor Swift for some reason that, you know, I don't understand. I, I, I tried to understand it. We've talked about that. I don't want to digress. I don't want to shit on Taylor Swift either. That's not what I'm trying to do. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what she does. Um, but, you know, if I'm being honest, the cult of personality that has sprung up ar around her, it's it's beyond me. I don't get it. You know, I, I guess the last, the last time... I recognize something like this in pop culture was Kurt Cobain when 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 he came about and there was very clearly a direct line uh, back from Kurt Cobain to Bob Dylan. I can see that then. I can see it now. And Kurt obviously struggled with those with that pressure. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that pressure back to the Dylan thing? To people thinking you're an actual god and you're just some fucking songwriter, man. You know, or Anthony Bourdain's case, you're just you're just a, a cook, really. You're not even really a chef. You're a cook, you know, and you're a writer. And you develop this audience and you become this thing. It's, uh, 
that pressure is, is it never, never fails to surprise me. You know, John Lennon, we talked about John Lennon before. John Lennon struggled with his identity over and over again throughout his career. And in the end, uh, you know, his turn towards domesticity and materialism, it's in part what compelled Mark David Chapman to kill him. Jerry Garcia, Kurt Cobain, who I mentioned, their identities, the concept of who they were and what they meant to people, to their fans, it forced those guys deeper into addiction and ultimately into their demise. This, you know, this wasn't what did Bourdain in, you know, uh, ultimately it wasn't, it wasn't just addiction. That was part of it. Yes. His addiction played a part of it. Yes. But ultimately what happened to Bourdain is he went in all in, I should say on the wrong kind of thing, the wrong kind of romance. And he lost himself in the process. That loss is hard for me to understand waking up one day and you're just a different person. You're behaving like a different person. You're acting like a different person. You're a different person to your friends. You're a different person to your family. All that matters is the audience of one who you are presenting yourself to. And it's just, it's hard for me to, to understand. And therefore it became a very compelling thing to research and to write about. And I hope it came across in the, in the episode. We got a lot of great feedback, tremendous amount of great feedback on the new episode on Anthony Bourdain. Um, I, I encourage you guys, if you haven't heard it, to check it out. You might be thinking, you know, why are you guys talking about Anthony Bourdain? He's not a musician. Well, I can tell you Anthony Bourdain was one of the most rock and roll figures that I've ever come across. And there's so much music in this episode, okay? Everyone from Stone Roses to Question Mark and the Mysterians to the Grateful Dead to the Chambers Brothers to Iggy Pop to Queens of the Stone Age. So many great artists uh, are in this episode and constitute the makeup of, of, of who Anthony Bourdain was and what his story was. And you're gonna find this that if you haven't heard this, it's pretty damn rock and roll. And uh, when you do listen to it, I want you to hit me up at Disgraceland Pod on the social 617-906-6638 voicemail and text and let me know what you think. Um, all right, gonna take a quick break, back in a flash, talk about some of the sources, uh, some of the books that, uh, that I read and some of the films and television that I watched in researching and writing the Anthony Bourdain episode. And I wanna know if you guys uh, have consumed some of this stuff as well. Uh, back in a flash. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. 
However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, I'm sure that the books that I read and the documentaries that I watched, um, the television I watched, the films I watched, I'm, I'm guessing that you guys have read or seen most of these as they pertain to Anthony Bourdain. Uh, and, you know, that made the research for this episode both fun and challenging. Fun from the sense of we're all coming at this from a place of general understanding, general excitement. Um, you guys know a lot of these stories. You know, Anthony Bourdain was a great communicator, a great writer. I mean, you guys, you, I'm sure you guys, when you heard I was doing the Anthony Bourdain episode, there were a couple anecdotes that went off in your head where you were like, oh, I, ho- I hope he talks about this. You know, maybe it was the, the bride over the barrel scene if you're a particularly perverted bastard, uh, but I digress. Um, anyways, this sort of, you know, well-established base of knowledge for Anthony Bourdain made it challenging to try and find anecdotes to express Bourdain's story uh, that felt fresh and that felt new. Not to mention the fact that the guy has an incredible voice. This is the first time I've done an episode, I think first time I've done an episode on a, on a writer. And that really put me in a box. And it was like, okay, how are you going to, how are you going to do this? How are you going to express this in a way that is unique, uh, that feels fresh? Um, how are you going to say something that he hasn't already said about himself? How are you going to say something about Anthony Bourdain that Anthony Bourdain hasn't already said about himself? You know, he, he has those incredible autobiographical books, Kitchen Confidential and Medium Raw. His whole thing was this subjective journalism where he's constantly putting himself in the situation. And frankly, that's what I do from a, from a detached point of view is, is, is I, I put these characters in these situations that they've already described or someone has already described to us that I find in the research. And it just made it hard to do, very hard to do uh, when it was Bourdain who had such an established voice and aesthetic doing it. So my uh, solution was to just lean into it. And you can hear me in this episode um, trying to speak almost as Anthony Bourdain would speak in his monologues. And we specifically fucked with the sound design in uh, the score to, to make it seem almost like we were doing like a cover version of a No Reservations episode at times to really kind of put you in. Like I am, I am, I am speaking in his voice at the beginning of each block. Uh, and that came from the research and you read so much. It's like if you're a guitar player and you're constantly playing ACDC riffs, you're going to play guitar like Malcolm Young. You just are. You know, when you're constantly reading Anthony Bourdain and then you go to write about him, you're, that's going to have an effect. And, and rather than try to just like, you know, push that to the side, I decided to kind of lean into it. And, uh, you can hear that. And, and that again, came from the research specifically, um, Kitchen Confidential, which I'd already read twice before. I read it a third time, and then I, I went to read his next book, which I'd never read, Medium Raw. Um, and that had this great, a bunch of great anecdotes in it. Um, one of which is this anecdote that I didn't do because it's already been done. Uh, there's a scene in the beginning of Medium Raw. This has been done twice, uh, once in succession, 
and once in billions, the television shows. Uh, and it's the scene in the beginning of Medium Raw where Anthony Bourdain is invited to this super exclusive dinner with a bunch of world-class chefs and they're all seated at a table. And I forget what the dish is. If you guys are, are chefs out there, forgive me for not knowing the name of this, but it's basically this like super indulgent um, uh, bird. And it's like, you know, it's a tiny bird and I, I can't remember what makes it indulgent, but the idea is, um, you're indulging so much that you should feel shame. So you place a napkin over your head when you eat this, this, this uh, appetizer, you know, if you will. Um, and it's the way he sets it up is incredible, so incredible that, like I said, it's been covered twice before. I don't, I've never, I've never read specifically that uh, the creator, or the director, or the writers of Succession or Billions uh, took this bit from Medium Raw uh, for their television shows, but it just, it's too close to the bone forgive the pun, to not be directly derived. So if anyone knows anything about this, if you know the scenes I'm talking about in Succession, it's where the, it's, it's where uh, Greg and Tom takes Greg out to dinner for the first time. It's a hysterical scene. And they do this thing where they put the napkin over the head and then they, you know, they eat the bird. But Billions did it first back when uh, I used to watch Billions, first few seasons. And uh, I don't remember the exact scene. I can't set it up for you. But if you guys know, if that came from somewhere else in those TV shows, let me know. But I'm pretty pretty confident it came from that Bourdain book, Medium Raw, which is also interesting because, uh, I don't know if I said this already, but Medium Raw comes after Anthony Bourdain has success and becomes famous, which you know alters his point of view significantly. And it's tremendous. It's just great. The other two books I read uh, were the Charles Learson Down and Out in Paradise, uh, which is an unauthorized biography. And for an unauthorized biography, he gets some pretty good access. Um, and this book, I highly recommend it. Um, but I'm also going to recommend it with a caveat because there's a lot in this book that annoys the shit out of me. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the annoying part first, and then I'll get to the great part second. The annoying part is, I don't know, man, I feel like the writer just takes these, uh, uh, unnecessary pot shots at Bourdain in a judgy way, not in a, uh, and look, I, you know, I do this all the time, so I'm guilty of the same thing, you know, but if something about it just rubbed me the wrong way in this, in this book. However, when the book starts, the first few pages, the first two or three pages are so fucking compelling and written so well. And it is such a cheeky head fake that I was reeling after I read it and I was pissed that I didn't think to do this. Pissed. I almost wrote the guy a letter telling him how much I liked it. I didn't though. So I guess this is the letter. Charles Learson, Down and Out in Paradise. Great way to open a book. Um, the other book I read uh, was Bourdain, The Definitive Oral Biography by Lori Woolliver, which I... Uh, Forgive me if I'm pronouncing her name incorrectly, but Lori was, uh, she worked very closely with Anthony Bourdain and she put this book together, which is an oral history uh, of Tony from the guys and girls who knew him and, and came up with him and worked with him both uh, and knew him both before success and after success. And it's really fascinating, particularly uh, the folks who don't hold back, David Chang, Josh Homme. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of people in here who, uh, you know, the loss of, of Tony is raw and they all have a different perspective on it. And, uh, it really helped form my point of view along with my own, uh, my own history with loss, particularly with suicide, uh, from 
people I know, people I love, friends, family, etc. I found this book to be touching in, in, a, in a number of different ways. And if you're a fan of Anthony Bourdain, I highly recommend it. TV shows, obviously, uh, you know, no reservations. Um, and then Parts Unknown, of course. I've watched every episode of every single one. The Iggy Pop one uh, from the CNN, uh, Parts Unknown, obviously had a, had a big hand in framing this episode. Uh, Roadrunner, it's just a tremendous documentary, which you know most of you have seen that, I'm sure. Uh, I just wanted to give a, a particular shout out to the last episode uh, of, of Parts Unknown that the 0, 0.0 folks put together after Anthony Bourdain had died. Um, it is tremendous. And it's one of those things that where obviously this episode wouldn't exist the way it exists had Anthony Bourdain not died. But my goodness, <laughs> what they put together, the editing, the sound design in particular, is just incredible. It's all about Lower East Side, Manhattan, and you can really feel it. You can really feel that neighborhood uh, in that episode, both the, the, that neighborhood's past, present as well. It's, it's a stunning piece of television. And of course, I talked about New Rose Hotel, the Aji Argento uh, uh, film with Willem Dafoe and Christopher Walken last week, I believe, in the, uh, in the last episode of After Party. And I watched, the, watched that a number of times. It's just sort of, I just sort of had it on in the background without even listening to it when I was writing and researching. You can check that out. Um, all right. So, those were the sources. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about this stuff on Instagram and elsewhere. Uh, if you guys have other Anthony Bourdain uh, resources, movies, films, television, what have you, one thing you know, one thing I, I knew but forgot about, and then and then found out again was that Bourdain was a consultant on that that show, that David Simon show, um, Treme, uh, which was an HBO show. David Simon from The Wire, uh, which just can't believe he had that going on as well at <laughs> the height of his fame. Anyways, um, getting off topic. Let me know uh, your favorite Bourdain books, TV shows, etc., and what you thought of the episode. 617-906-6638 at Pod on the socials. I'm going to take a quick break, come back on the other side with an update on the subjects for the next round of Disgraceland episodes, and I'm going to take some of your calls, of course, your texts, and your DMs. Andy Warhol, Hunter S. Thompson, Peter Tosh, Steve McQueen, Van Halen, Kobe Bryant, Basquiat. Those are the next episodes of Disgraceland coming down the pike in the coming weeks for you guys. It's obvious to me that you guys having a say, having your voice heard, and the choosing of what episodes we cover is incredibly important to you. Um, of all the subjects that I hear from you guys on, this is the one that you speak up about the most, constantly, unsolicited, and I love it, so keep it coming. But now that we're including other artists, not just musicians in the world of Disgraceland. It's more important than ever that you guys speak up. You let me know what subjects you want us to cover. Uh, there's so many of them out there. I don't want to be just doing this in a vacuum, okay? So to that point, uh, we've got a handful of episodes already produced, another handful already in production, and you know a third handful, if that's possible, that we've identified internally here at Double Elvis that we want to produce. All this amounts to having about half the programming for this year already planned out, but we need to select the episodes for the second half of this year, guys, and I'm going to be leaning on you to help me do that. How exactly? I don't know yet. Uh, we're going to figure that out together in the coming weeks here in the after party uh, and on socials, but we're thinking about... Uh, you know, here 
here at Double Elvis. Uh, we're thinking about it. We're trying to figure it out. We're going to have more news here in the coming episodes of After Party and these bonus episodes to help us figure this out, figure out which episodes we're going to be producing for the second half of this year. Um, I don't know what this is going to be exactly. I see it as some sort of election process, maybe, maybe like a final four bracket process. Uh, wherein you guys are heavily involved in not just suggesting episodes, but voting them up and down, uh, perhaps lobbying each other to vote for the subjects that you want, uh, and getting to some sort of consensus to help us choose our programming slate. More on this, like I said, later. All right, guys, we talked about this last week. We talked about it on social. I'm talking about it again right now. You guys can win a personalized Disgraceland story. Did you know that? A five-minute episode produced by us, voiced by me, just for you on whatever kind of music misadventure or really anything. It doesn't have to be just you getting arrested at Metallica or trying to sneak in to see Jay-Z or whatever the hell it is you got up to in the past. But it can be anything. It can be a story of you proposing to your wife. It can be a story of, of I don't know, that time you accomplished that thing that you were really trying to do. Maybe you got into law school. Maybe you got kicked out of law school. Whatever it is, we want to produce a five-minute episode about it for you. And look, if if you don't have any stories, you can get this about, you can gift this to somebody. You can make it about someone else. Okay. Go to disgracelandcontest.com and enter your information to win. You're going to unlock prizes just by entering. Okay. You're automatically going to get a commemorative 100th episode poster that you can download for yourself. This is great art with Avi Spivak, all his great illustrations that are the, the episode art for every episode. They're all on this poster. It looks sick. Uh, three runners up are going to get a custom voicemail greeting from me. So, you know, you know, your mom's going to call and it's going to be like, hey, you've reached blah, blah, blah. And I'm not here, mom, to take your call, but leave a message and uh, yeah, yeah, yada, 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 et cetera. All right. And then you can earn points and access. There's going to be a group Zoom that I'm going to do. All this stuff. You're going to get this top 10 list from me of, of my favorite music books, my favorite music documentaries. You get this stuff just by entering. All right? Go to disgracelandcontest.com. Enter to win your own personalized story produced by Double Elvis and voiced by me. Now, over on Instagram, at disgracelandpod. Are you guys following us over there? You must be. You must. If you're not, you must. How many of you are new here to this podcast right now because you recently found us on Instagram at DisgracelandPod? I know some of you are, okay? I know I know a lot of you are because we've doubled our followers on Instagram in six weeks. Doubled. And the reason is because we've been releasing these little micro videos over there, 60 to 90 second videos on the sort of biggest, what I call the biggest holy shit moments from our podcast episodes. Uh, but, you know, it's video. So there's pictures and video footage and, you know, my pompadour, all this stuff. David Bowie and the dead body. Iggy Pop using Morse code to source the beat for Lust for Life. The Clash hanging out with De Niro and Scorsese. How the Traveling Wilburys came together. So we're doing these videos uh, you guys have been sharing the shit out of them. So thank you. Okay. That is the point. Thank you. I am grateful. One video has uh, already has a million views, which is nuts. And there are others that are fast approaching that mark. And it's all because you guys have been spreading the word and sharing these stories. And I just want you to know how incredibly grateful I am. So thanks. Uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, though, you are missing out on some killer content. Head over there to at DisgracelandPod. Give us a follow. Also, at DisgracelandPod on TikTok, on X. And we've got a YouTube channel as well that you can search and find on YouTube. And we're going to be building out those channels with more regularity and more awesome content, different content, not just the same content you're getting on Instagram or in the podcast feed. All right, so make sure you're following at DisgracelandPod everywhere. Right now, let's do some calls, some texts, uh, some emails, disgracelandpod at gmail.com. You can email me 617-906-6638 to send me a text or leave me a voicemail. 
just like this listener from the 847. Hey, Jake, I'd love to hear an episode on Stuart Adamson, former guitarist and songwriter for the Skids and lead singer and leader of the band Big Country. Love what you do. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Bye. I got to tell you, man, thanks for the call, but I got to tell you, Big Country, I love that single in a Big Country by Big Country, and I don't know squat about that band. So I am interested. Thank you for the suggestion. Uh, I'm going to look into it. We shall see. Let's check out this voicemail from the 973. Hey, Jake. Jerry from the uh, 973. How you doing? I just wanted to talk about that Anthony Bourdain episode. You, I just heard it. It was awesome. Home run. You, you, you really knocked out of the park with that one. I can really relate to Anthony Bourdain because we're both the same age. We both grew up in Jersey. Both had the same, you know, sense of humor and stuff like that. I used to love his shows, read all his books, and was really devastated when he killed himself. Uh, we've all been down that road one way or another, maybe not that far, especially in relationships, and I can relate to that, though I never went that far. But anyway, good job, kudos, and uh, keep up the good works. Look forward to the next one. Jerry, thanks for the call. Thanks for the awesome message. I appreciate it. 973, Jerry in New Jersey. Um, yeah, guys, if you have not heard the Anthony Bourdain episode, it is there. It is ready for you. Give me a call like Jerry in the 973. Let me know what you thought. You can also text us, 617-906-6638. Three hundred two writes in. I've listened to all Disgraceland and all the Badlands episodes, and I've never heard you speak with more love and energy than the Anthony Bourdain episode. That's from the three hundred two. Thank you, three hundred two. I appreciate that. The two hundred three writes in. Hey, Jake, this is Melissa from the two hundred three. Thank you for the rewind episode on Run DMC. I loved listening to it again. And here's a photo of me and Daryl McDaniel's, who's doing a signing at one of the malls near me. He was really nice. Rock a roller. That's from the two hundred three. Two hundred three. I've had the. I've had the pleasure of meeting Daryl once before. Not really meeting him. I was standing side stage and uh, he just walked in, gave me a fist pump, jumped on stage and proceeded to kick ass. <laughs> it was very fun. 518 writes in, hey, Jake, love the Bourdain episode. Met him once after one of his speaking uh, gigs in Kingston, New York. He was very gracious. Also for your top 10 books and docs, I think you missed out on cash and the kids are all right. I might also throw the filth and the fury in there too. Still great list though. Yeah, you're right. I did miss out. I've read all of those and they're incredible. <laughs> These are only 10. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to come down up with a top 10. That's why they're so compelling. Um, all right. 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text. Hit me up, guys, on whatever you want to talk about. I'm here for it. You can also email me, disgracelandpod at gmail.com to uh, send us an email just like uh, Jason Haas here. Subject, Bourdain episode, another great story told. Message, dear Jake and company, I just finished listening to the newest Disgraceland about Anthony Bourdain, and when word came out that Bourdain had taken his own life, I felt a little heartbroken and some real grief for this guy. This perfect stranger who seems to be an embodiment of many excellent qualities that you mentioned. Empathy, connection, understanding. Even today, when I find TV shows that have him making a guest appearance, I feel a little stabbed in my heart, and I'm grateful to see him still alive. I've always had a little obsession with him, I guess, and how it 
felt to lose this person whom I thought of as a great anti-hero role model. I think this episode has helped me fill in some holes in Bourdain's story. I thought you portrayed him in very realistic tones, laden with your signature effects and style of dark humor, grit, grime, facing ugly truths while also pointing out the human side of your subjects. It was a fitting tribute to our long-lost anti-hero, Anthony Bourdain. I am grateful for that. Thanks very much, Jason in Milwaukee. Jason, thanks for the message. That's, you know, it makes me happy because that's what I try to do. I try to give a complete picture or at least a holistic picture, if not complete. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'm directly inspired by Anthony Bourdain, but I strive for empathy as well in my own way. And uh, happy to hear that that came across. So thank you. Guys, disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Send me an email on anything you want to talk about. I'm going to take a quick break. Be back in a flash. All right, welcome back. Again, 617-906-6638. Send me a voicemail, leave me a text. Hit me up, disgracelandpod at gmail.com on email and at disgracelandpod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. Excuse me, X, Facebook. Uh, And you can also follow along on YouTube. Let's recap, shall we? Right now, number one, right now in your feed, a brand new episode on Anthony Bourdain. Number two, coming tomorrow, rewind episode on Led Zeppelin. Number three, over in the Badlands feed, we got an episode from the archive on the Poltergeist Curse. Number four, next week in the Disgraceland feed, a brand new episode on Andy Warhol. Number five, my number is 617-906-6638. You can call me on the telephone or you can text me. Number six, no one cares about the music you love more than you do. And well, that's a disgrace. And now my moment of bliss in honor of this week's episode, me reading you the Billboard Hot 100 from the week of May 20th, 2000, the same week that Anthony Bourdain released his instant classic nonfiction book, Kitchen Confidential. Number one, Maria Maria. Santana, featuring the product GMB. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 15. Number two, breathe. Faith Hill, last week, three. Peak position, two. Weeks on chart, 29. Number three, thong song, Cisco. Last week, four. Peak position, three. Weeks on chart, 17. Number four, he wasn't man enough. Tony Braxton. Last week, two. Peak position, two. Weeks on chart, 10. Number five, I tried. Mason Clancy. Last week, six. Peak position, five. Weeks on chart, Talking and start mixing. <laughs> <laughs>